Hello, friends, and welcome to the dimension of our midnight cake. I'm Soltis. Joining me in the nexus between realities are my friends and fellow trans-dimensional beings, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug. After Doug having finally watched Spider-Man No Way Home, we decided that this is something that we would like to discuss. There will be a ton of spoilers, so if you would not like to have anything spoiled about this movie, we recommend that you stop this transmission, watch the movie for yourself, and then come back to the discussion. Personally, Spider-Man No Way Home has become one of my favorite movies in the MCU and is competing for the top spot as my favorite Marvel movie with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. For some background, Spider-Man No Way Home is a 2021 American superhero film based on the Marvel Comics character Spider-Man, co-produced by Columbia Pictures and Marvel Studios and distributed by Sony Pictures Releasing. It is the third in the series of the Home Spider-Man trilogy, I guess it's called, I don't know. It's the sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming from 2017 and Spider-Man Far From Home 2019 and the 27th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The film was directed by John Watts and written by Chris McKenna and Eric Somers. It stars Tom Holland as Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, alongside Zendaya, Benedict Cumberbatch, Jacob Batalon, John Favreau, Jamie Foxx, Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Benedict Wong, Tony Rovolori, Marissa Tomei, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire. In the film, Peter Parker asks Dr. Stephen Strange, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, to use magic to make his Spider-Man identity a secret again, following its public revelation at the end of Far From Home. When the spell goes wrong, the multiverse is broken open, which allows visitors from alternate realities to enter Peter Parker's universe. The production of this film had a bit of a rocky going as it was planned during the production of Homecoming in 2017. However, negotiations between Sony and Marvel Studios to alter their deal in which they produce the Spider-Man films together ended with Marvel Studios leaving the project in August 2019. But a negative fan reaction, huge backlash, led to a new deal between the companies a month later. Watts, McKenna, Summers, and Holland were set to return, and filming took place from October 2020 to March 2021 in New York City and Atlanta. No Way Home features several actors reprising their roles from earlier non-MCU Spider-Man films that were directed by Sam Raimi and Mark Webb. The return of previous Spider-Man actors McGuire and Garfield was the subject of wide speculation and numerous leaks despite the efforts of Sony, Marvel, and the cast to conceal their involvement. In this day and age, and with the internet being what it is, I'm amazed that they were able to do as good a job as they did <laughs> on keeping a lid on that. The runtime is 148 minutes. It had a budget of $200 million. It's still in theaters today, or at the time of this transmission, but has already grossed over $1.6 billion. If you find yourself like me, kind of on the fence or apathetic towards the Marvel Phase 4 releases, 
this film may change your mind. Trying to figure out how to best describe it, but this movie is something that I wish is not an anomaly, but more as an indicator of the direction moving forward. Anyway, if you happen to enjoy our discussions and would like to contribute or get in contact with us, consider visiting our website at OurMidnightCake.com. Okay. I'm so glad I got to watch this. Me too. I had a great time with it. I enjoyed it more than I have any Marvel movie in a long, long time. I could probably talk about this movie twice. I liked it so much. (laughs) I really, really was surprised by it. I I was expecting, like, let's see how many, like, intellectual property flexes we can do. See how many silly jokes we can make about it. Delighted, but completely unsurprised by this. (laughs) Yes, but in a good way. Yes, yes. All the good stuff I expected to happen did happen. See, I was surprised and unsurprised, right? I expected Garfield and Maguire to show up, and they did. But I did not expect it to be about the Tom Holland version of Peter Parker gaining the meaning that the other versions had. I did not expect that to be like what the movie was about. I came in completely cold. I didn't really know anything. I was able to cast Maguire and Garfield, but I didn't know. So, How do you think that they did as Spider-Man in this movie? You know, I, I enjoyed Garfield Spider-Man way more in this than I did in his movies. I don't know why, but I did. I did too. <laughs> I, I always, I always so really like, liked his, Gar- his uh, Spider-Man. You know, his I Garfield. really liked him in the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I thought he, yeah. was, he was good as Spider-Man. I think I enjoyed him here more. The first Spider-Man movie with Garfield where he's like in the car with the guy and he's banging his head off the window. Yeah. Over oh, yeah. Over. He's like in the back seat. And I was like, this is a nice Peter Parker. But then, then with the uh, knives, right. my only weakness. Yeah, yes. yeah you know, it's so good. <laughs> but I enjoyed, he's so self-deprecating that I just oh, yeah. thought it was. And then the Tommy Maguire one was like the old wise guy. I enjoyed the way that they positioned each one. I thought that was cool. It's like they were really here to mentor from the point of I've lived a life. I've had my MJ. I've made it work to the point of I've lost all this stuff but I've learned lessons from it. And they're like trying to help them. You know, it's kind of, it was kind of cool. It's like two older brothers in a sense. Yeah. I really <laughs> enjoyed all the parts where they were connecting with each other and like just the similar experiences they've had or didn't have and comparing those things. Those were, even those were kind of drawn out kind of on purpose, you know, in the movie, it was still really good to have those connections between all the different mm-hmm. Spider-Man characters. And it, they weren't, sort of you know, walk on cameos and oh hey right. remember that spider-man remember that spider-man see ya <laughs> no, but they, that's they what were, surprised they're gonna pop up and help out with this final boss battle see, that's what i was expecting yeah. this for to be like oh in the no corporate agreements we can do whatever but instead it actually cared about each character's story and development and what they went through and how it changed them it's like what I've been missing from the others, um, Spider-Man moments in the MCU. I think mm-hmm. they like brought yeah, it all. leave it's it like to the MCU to make Spider-Man three um, must-watch material. <laughs> right, it's the best <laughs> right. one. It's the best uh... one. Because <laughs> I've complained before about like that we didn't have like the Uncle Ben moment, 
with this Spider-Man and his best friend's a billionaire and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it's like, this was all about him growing up and like transitioning from like the high school. Oh, I'm part of the Avengers thing to like, Oh wait, this is difficult and evil exists. And you have to sacrifice sometimes to do the right thing. Like I enjoy those complex themes of Spider-Man and I feel like this really brought that out. And I wasn't expecting it at all. It really I wasn't either. Me. And like they had focused on the other Spider-Man so much that you're mentioning with mm-hmm. where he's, you know, Tony Stark's friend and, you know, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, but no uh, hardships that he's had to face. Yeah, yeah and, I was missing that. Yeah, there, there really were very many and, stakes in, his, yeah, and, in, in the first two gotten, movies. I've gotten already used to that in the all the other movies that I didn't even think about that being a possibility in this one, you know? that it was nice to bring that in. Yeah. There was a point I saw this with my 11 year old son, you know, on his birthday. And there was a point where he leaned over to me and he said, this movie's almost made me cry like five times. (laughs) He said, this is amazing. I thought that was so sweet. It it does. Like the thing with May was intense. And I just want to say, Willem Dafoe (laughs) Dafoe is one of my favorite actors and he was killer in this movie. I loved Willem Dafoe in this movie. Yeah, most uh, most stuff don't doesn't scare our, our kids watching like superhero movies and stuff. But uh, at, at one point, um, our youngest, creepy. he uh, it was quiet in the theater because all this craziness was going on, and he uh, shouted very loudly that he needed to go back to the car and get his night night. he's like holy holy crap dad this guy's a creep please give me my blanket now (laughs) but i thought it was i thought the movie was well written that the pacing was interesting because it's almost like two movies combined where you have the, the first part you know before the spell goes awry and everything and it's it seems much more generic spider man movie for, for the MCU up until that point. And then when everything starts happening and, you know, Dr. Octopus shows up and then the Green Goblin shows uh, up and Peter Parker has no idea what's going on, then it becomes a whole different movie. Oh man, guys, and, the moment where he's like- And it shifts dramatically. So the trailers are all about that first part, right? Because yeah. they didn't want to give anything away. And it did so good at making me expect something different than what I got. So they totally- I mean, all the marketing and everything was great in that sense. They they tricked me good. I'll give them credit. One thing I really liked is, and I was afraid this was going to happen because it happens where they, some of these movies where there's cameos that the characters weren't really going to be characters. They're just going to be cameos. And they really mm-hmm. redeemed a lot of characters and made them better from where they got left off in previous movies with the other Spider-Man franchises. So I thought that was oh, man. really cool the how they fixed a lot of those. When he's better and he sees the Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, it's like uh-huh. toward the end. And he's like, you're grown up. Oh, that like killed me. I love that. <laughs> it's like he was proud of him because that was the whole tension of that movie, right? It's like his mentor yep. becomes the bad guy. And so this person he loves and respects, he has to... St- Stop, and he doesn't want to have to kill him to stop him and that's the whole tension of the movie and it was really neat to see that play out kind of differently where Doc Ock was almost a hero at the end for a moment there I like too that these some of those characters got these kind of redeeming moments even 
if it didn't mean that they were going back to uh, die in their own universe. Yes, we still don't know if anyone died or not, right? <laughs> I mean, I assume with all of that, that's, I guess, another questionable thing with, like, how did him, uh, Doctor Strange's spell affect all these other Spider-Men going back to their universe, or Peter Parker's going back to their universe? So um, I will say I also, I also completely lost it at the Rhino uh reference yes <laughs> i died i love that you guys went to space so you gotta go to space i fought paul giamatti in a rhino suit rhinoceros <laughs> machine that was what made it rhinoceros, rhinoceros machine, machine. <laughs> clever bit you know, of wording i almost died when that happened <laughs> this is amazing i enjoyed too with them happy's apartment got destroyed they ended up like doing all their science experiments in the classroom uh, mm-hmm. at the school, which that takes it back to even like, you know, the Spider-Man character being a, a kid in school is another tie in there. You know, I liked moments too. Those well-stocked high school yes. chemistry yeah, labs. Sure. <laughs> I like things too, like um, Peter's walking through the high school and he walks by, like there's like a mural and it's got like, um, Howard Stark and like Pim from the anime movies. But yeah, yeah, Hank. It's got like, I love that continuity. Like sometimes I feel like cynical about the MCU and how it's grown, but it was like cool to have moments like that, right? Where it's like, oh, the famous scientist would be like Howard Stark and like Hank Pym and guys like that. Uh, I like little touches like that that were kind of peppered throughout. Like it's a really fully formed kind of thing. One of the things that I found very strange was. Uh, in reference to Doctor Strange, was when he takes Peter into the mirror dimension and then Peter beats him with geometry. geometry. <laughs> I loved it, though. You know what's better than magic? Math. And he's gone. That was great. I was disappointed that geometry didn't save the day in the end. I totally expected it to, and it didn't. So, sorry, math teachers. Geometry doesn't save us in the end. Nope. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> nope. You you have to rely on your heart. So I, I do feel the need to point out um, that even though Spider-Man is a different actor in every universe, J. Jonah Jameson is the same. has to be the same guy. Because no one else can be him. He's amazing. He's <laughs> just like, guys. Well, I don't know. In this one, he's it. he's like a an Alex Jones I was to say Alex Jones. He's out. Your Daily Bugle supplements. I was hoping Loki would kind of explain that somehow, but they really didn't. They just introduced the idea that uh, not every version of Loki was going to be Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. For mm-hmm. some reason, and you don't know why. What 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 happens to make someone the same person but a completely different version of this, that person? This J. Jonah Jameson was bald. He didn't have the rug like the Sam Raimi, J. Jonah Jameson. Like, okay, a, fe- a female version of Loki, I get. I see how that can happen genetically. <laughs> what what creates a crocodile Loki? <laughs> Who would be the female J. Jonah Jameson? We don't even want to think of that possibility. <laughs> Probably that gym teacher from uh, Glee. What's her name? <laughs> Jane Lynch. Yeah, Jane Lynch. There you go. I'm trying to envision that right now. 
She's got the mustache. Nobody can mention it, though. I can just hear her deadpan talking about him as a Spider-Man. It's, it kind of works. Uh-huh. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> He's a terrorist. Look at these pictures. They're crap. Come on, Peter. <laughs> when I asked um, my 11-year-old his favorite moments, it was the Doc Ock fight on the bridge. And then it was when all the Spider-Men, Spider-Mans came together on top of the building. Those were the top two in the 11 year old mind. The Doc Ock fight was awesome. It was really cool. I agree. I like those. I have an unrelated Jane Lynch comment to piggyback on what oh, we please, were talking about. Please share all the Jane Lynch content. So, That's what we're here for. Um, we talked about only murderers in the building a while back. I don't know if any of the rest, if you watch the rest of the series, which I saw, I did not watch the rest of it. Yes. And uh, yeah, I, Jane I Lynch, finished the series. You find out that later in the series that Jane Lynch played um, Steve Martin's uh, stunt double in, in the Brazos TV show or whatever it was where he was the holy crap. <laughs> yes. Who his wife left him for. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I gotta watch this now. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I thought that was important to share. It <laughs> if you important. haven't watched the series, that's <laughs> anyway, back to the Spider-Man. Man's Spider-Man's. Spider-Man's. There's a lot of things to pick apart as far as how the spell works and yes. you know, trying to theorize on that. Yeah, all that's a little because... silly, sure. Okay. So people might not remember who Peter Parker is or you know that he's Spider-Man, but there's digital evidence of Peter Parker <laughs> and <laughs> high school records. And if so, Magic. how does how does he get to have an apartment now? Magic. The more I think about this spell, the less I like the movie. Mm-hmm. I I it's uh, it's the weak to point me, of the movie. Like for me. like it is. like we, I mean, we're saying it's well written, but I feel like Marvel tried the least on this one of anything this year. Yeah. Uh, the reason I was cynical about it was the whole spell thing. Um, yeah. I was kind of cynical about watching it. And then it way exceeded what I expected. It's, it's true that it is the catalyst for the entire film. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the once again, the catalyst moving forward in Peter Parker's new life where he's more like the comic book uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man. And, you know, now he's living in this crappy apartment. You know, he doesn't have any friends. Nobody knows who he is. He's just trying to get by. <laughs> and the spell is definitely the weak part of the movie, which is odd. It being what sets everything off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how it wraps right. everything up. Right. Yeah. I say it also hinges off it in the end, the way it concludes. Yeah. It to me feels like the time travel in um, Endgame. Like, I, I want to love Endgame. I do, I do love it, but I'm like, the time travel just feels like such a cop. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It does. I, I, I feel the same way. Like I both feel like comic books pull crazy crap like that all the time. So I kind of excuse it. But then I'm also like, well, that's convenient. Just you know, kind of roll your <laughs> eyes and think to yourself, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> yes. it's like comic books can do anything. That's why I love comic books. But I'm also, for some reason in the movie, I kind of go, well, sure. I think too, it just seems weird at this point because they spent like what, 20 movies. And they're just now getting to the weird stuff. You know, they've established <laughs> they've established their good set of movies because like, OK, now we can actually make money at this and, and do what we want. Now we're going to start getting silly with uh, 
some of the actual superhero stuff. <laughs> With Eternals, I think they kind of felt like they could just throw all this at us and 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 not really try that hard to explain anything. Yeah. Because they're like, it, people love this stuff now. They get it. It's comic books. I still haven't watched the Eternals. I need to watch that. I, I you really I don't. Just started <laughs> I started heard that as well. I've heard that as well. Oh, yeah. I keep I, telling you that every time you say you need to watch it. <laughs> I know, but I, 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 I kind of liked it the better on the second viewing. I'm not saying it's great. It's uh, it's still got the dumbest piece of dialogue I've heard all year. <laughs> I don't my know. Wife for me the dumbest, watch it dumbest it, piece uh, of dialogue has been from the book of boba fett because oh. in this third share. episode in this third episode um spoiled the crap i forgot the name of the <laughs> actor but uh you'd recognize him from news radio and dodgeball and bill hartman oh wait he's dead no. it wasn't in dodgeball <laughs> oh, <it> wasn't. <laughs> from played milton yeah milton uh, oh, Steven, it was also in, Steven, in Barry. Yeah, yeah Stephen. Steven yeah, thank Roof. you so much. One of my favorite mm-hmm. character actors. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fantastic actor. He's amazing. But, uh, he plays a watermonger in. Oh dear. In this episode, and he comes to Boba Fett with a complaint that there are some street toughs stealing his water, and Boba Fett looks at him deadpan and says, "I grew up surrounded by water." <laughs> and <laughs> that's it. You're like, That's okay, it. what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Fish. That has nothing to do with what's going on. <laughs> you're, oh, yeah, now that that moment, you're supposed to go, I remember that movie. Wow. <laughs> Boba. Yeah, that's that was in that movie. I, I also remember saw that. that uh, what's Way his to name? go, Boca Boba. The um, Danny uh, Trejos, is that his name? Yeah, Danny yeah, Trejos Danny is in this. He's in, in this episode, is that correct? Mm-hmm. He plays the Rancor tamer or handler or he's whatever. kind of in everything yeah he's one of those I mean, guys it's, it's sure. an improvement to the show you get danny trejo in there you're like okay thumbs up he was in the muppets uh second muppet i was saying the, the, most the more machete the better that's all i got <laughs> you know spider-man would be improved with danny trejo as well i think <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if only you were in there he could have played like a petty crook little cameo role you know the Mexican Spider-Man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I didn't say that universe. Well, you know, Jimmy Fox talked about Miles Morales. So yeah. uh-huh. I just thought you'd be black. <laughs> <laughs> that got a big pop for my son, actually. He thought that was hilarious because he oh, loves the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales. Oh, He's yeah. like, you're from Queens, you care about poor people. I thought you'd be black, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like the, the so 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 we we're not gonna talk about me being naked. <laughs> <laughs> he was good he was good in that i was a little disappointed i liked that they paid enough attention to remember that um uh sandman and spider-man left on good terms yeah mm-hmm. well as good as you can hope for um so he he was they were kind of working together until he realized it wasn't the peter parker he knew yeah, mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed after that. I was like, I want, I wanted them to work together. I, I just, I for some reason wanted James Franco yeah. to come back. So no, the, the who, the who, <laughs> <Got no> Franco. <laughs> oh, got no Franco. He and Ned could have had a moment, you know. I wonder if they tried for that. They should have just showed up in the bar with Venom. Give them both a quick cameo. Get them out of there. Nah. You did have to like. You did have to like. Um, 
that that the goblin had the hood. I thought that was yes. kind of cool how they incorporated that, like his homeless person gear kind of morphed into a more accurate representation of the comic. I thought that was kind of a nice little nod. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that in. they've they've edited the theatrical release? No. No. Um apparently one one shot that people have noticed has been changed in the theatrical release is uh that scene where he takes off his mask and hangs it on a, a dumpster, I think, in an alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And people have noticed that 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 they changed the the blocking of that drastically um which they can do now because they just you know they just throw these things out digitally so i guess if they edit it and tell the theaters to download a new copy so what did they do about it are they they trying are they trying through through random edits to make people think they're seeing multiverse versions of the movie (laughs) <laughs> that's it that's what it is in this part of the country we'll release this version of the movie what's the that's what's the effect for... called uh, the mandala you think you've seen yeah the mandala yeah. effect mandala yeah. effect yeah they're trying to create that across famous lines movie goers. Strong and things like that mm-hmm. for some reason my son commented on he liked that he ditched the mask and that it was like his human face to the movie he thought it was creepier for some reason, I don't know why he felt the need to. Oh, Willem Dafoe can make some creepy faces. Yeah, you gotta get your like, kid to watch like that, that for Spider-Man just now. His face, he said. I saw a thing I with the uh, the first Spider-Man. They made like a comic accurate um, mask for him, but they ended up having to ditch it for the more recognizable one that he put on the dumpster. Like armored, yeah, because the, it the was so creepy. Armor. It was scaring children in the uh, test screens. <laughs> oh, have you seen the have you seen the clips of that the animatronic uh, mask they have? Yeah, I've never uh-huh. seen that. Yeah. No. Oh, what... it's it, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. I wish they had gone with it, but yeah, uh, yeah, I I kind of would have liked to have seen that version. But it, it like had the yellow eyes and it, it looked really amazing. Good. I'm gonna have to go look that up now. I I love me some Willem Dafoe. I'm a Willem Dafoe mark for sure. Yeah, you'll have to get your kid to watch the first one because he's pretty creepy. <laughs> Well, I told him after because he hasn't seen any of those. I was like, dude, we have to watch some of these. You got to see Doc Ock and you got to see the Goblin. And we'll just pretend the third one doesn't exist and it'll be great. Thank you for joining us in the dimension of our Midnight Cape. We hope you'll visit us again. From myself, Lumberdor, Beaches, and Doug, thank you and good night. That brings up another thing. Having now that the theaters are more open again, and this was my second uh, theater experience since COVID, I've decided that I don't like going to the theater anymore. I still like going to the theater. So I wanted to go see Scream. People are stupid. I hate that. I was like, I I don't want to be around people. That's totally my thought. I was like, if I go, it's going to be full of people. I'm going to wait two weeks and go to a matinee when no one's there. Honestly, that's <laughs> why I've enjoyed seeing the uh, Lockia films in theaters. The what? There's, there's the like Kubo and the Two Strings and any of those. Oh, sure. Films. Sure. Because unfortunately for them, it 
it is not a packed theater. It's pretty much been only my family in the movie I've seen <laughs> theater with them. But it was a nice experience without all the other people. See, Kubo I was sitting there for Spider-Man. You, you and me and the child. Yes. And for Spider-Man, I was sitting there thinking, this is great that I went this late because no one's here. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. I mean, you know, watching the movies, streaming them at home presents its own set of challenges and problems uh-huh. and distractions and stuff. But it's much more of an event to go to the theater than it was previously, at least here in Los Angeles. Got to make sure that the kids are ready. Got to get, you know, all the thing. Going to get, you know, bring the snacks because we're not paying for snacks there. And then it's easily ruined by other jackasses in the audience. Much like it was and was before. You got to be now. ready to throw hands, man. You got to fight for your, your, your movie experience. <laughs> you can't throw that popcorn. Bro, Peter's talking, bro. Shut up. <laughs> you want to take this outside? Yes, sir. After the movie show. <laughs> yes. Can you be quiet right now? I want to hear this. But yeah, I totally didn't see Scream just because of, I didn't want to be around people. <laughs> it's true. I may see Scream. I may see Scream, but I'm definitely going to see that Moonfall thing. See, a a ridiculous movie like that, I think, would be much better served in In a theater. theater. Yeah. Yeah. If you're only going to see it once, see it on the big screen. It's those big ride movies is the reason to go to the theater still. 